Tips Not Included, Episode 4. That's just the cue, my man. Uh, welcome to Tips Not Included, where we talk all things hospitality, including industry professionals, influencers, creatives, and unsung heroes. I am your host, Giovanni, hitting you up all the way from Wellington, New Zealand. Today we have Richie... Varco. Varco. I'm having a hard time pronouncing that, I swear. I'm not doing it's that. It's not part. just you. <laughs> every, every time I pronounce it, I have, to, I have to spell it. Is it a Kiwi last name? No, it's not. Italian last name. No, it's not either. My Italian last name is uh, Cacciopoli. Cacciopoli? Yeah, Cacciopoli. Like Monopoly. Which is rhymes differently. And it's differently. obviously not the same thing. That's Sorry, guys. Marco doesn't sound English, but apparently it is. English? Cornwall. Cornwall, England. That's where my Barco family's from, but I must they must have migrated from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. You ever got people, any, like... People always ask me that, but I, I should research it, probably, because I, I feel like it's always a talking point with people. <laughs> Their last name. That's why it's my, it's my... I did a business course okay. for all my art and stuff, and he goes, you have to use your name as your... That's your business. You don't need to come up with a name. Goes Rich Farco. Yeah, you are your own brand. Yeah, he goes, Rich Farco is the brand because it's unique. And he said it kind of sounds cool. And? Huh? And? That is my, that's my, all that's my business art? is Rich Farco. My, okay. I bought the domain name straight away, richfarco.com. <laughs> yeah, so I've got the, it's my business, my. But did you ever like sit down with your dad and be like, yo, pops, uh, what's up with this? Did you rent the last name? Did you buy it? Just our grandfather's Rocco. It's just well, it's historic. I don't know how, how the last names come about. I don't know. I've always been curious. I mean, my last name is very common in Latin America, so it's like what is it? Ramos. Ramos. Yeah. I actually think I know another Ramos. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, something like I think it's Ramos. It does sound like something you dear. Yeah. Like Mexican or something, you know. Yeah, it's just Latin, Spanish. Um, there's a famous football player with the last name Ramos. Uh, I don't follow football that much, so I don't know his first name. But uh, he plays for Real Madrid. It's pretty dope. But that's pretty... I don't know. It's I, I, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing your last name. I'm going to try. It's okay. It's okay. I, 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 I get it. But that's... I think it's cool. It, I think it's, it's different. It is, it's, uh, yeah, it's my brand. I like, I like it. I like it. I like it. I've turned it into... I'm turning it into a brand. Sort of detaching myself from it do you want the brand name to be exclusively towards one medium or do you want to do that? well it's like you, you have like an umbrella right okay yes so I like a lot of different things but it stems from my arts also like I also like talking about philosophy that would mm. be part of the it would just be but the brand is me that's actually me I was um, I was browsing your Instagram page earlier and I noticed that I, I had never noticed, but it says artist, or it says art, art design, and philosophy. philosophy. Philosophy is a big thing for me. What, like, do you offer business or do you kind of like, is it more you're like a philosopher? Uh, Part of my ignorance. I mean, I don't. It's uh, something that, something that I I got into to get by in life. Okay. You know what I mean. Different, different things that come into your life. You have to figure out ways of getting through those things. You know? And I think... I think a lot of people don't deal with it like that. They, they, like, they can, you, there's lots of different ways of dealing with obstacles or hurdles or challenges, whatever you want to call them. 
right? A lot of people just don't do it. They'll they'll do drugs or alcohol or they'll fuck up. They'll look for an escape. Look for an escape from that, what whatever's come into their life. Mm. Whereas I went head first into it, which led you to philosophy, because it's like a philo- I think that's what philosophy is, is dealing with the existence of life, the su- suffering of life, like. Like if you look at Buddhism, it's philosophy, right? Yeah. It's his way of dealing with his suffering. And I think we all have to deal with that. That's what people saying is that suffering is, was part of life. Well, it's not actually, but at the moment it is. But you have to find a way of getting through that. So, I mean, would you say philosophy is like getting lost in your own thoughts but finding a way out? I would say philosophy is like, like I said, it's like a dealing with Suffering. Well, the, not, not even suffering. It could be like the obstacles that you face in life. That's what. And overcoming them. Finding ways of finding ways of dealing with them, overcoming them, and uh, integrating them. So you're not suffering anymore. Hmm. That's philosophy. That's, that's the way I see it. It's a way of living. It's a, it's, yeah. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. In a way. Well, yeah. And, but like I said, a lot of people are dealing with it different ways. Not you know, that. like, I, I, even like, I would say... Uh, depression and all that stems stems from all this. I mean, what's what's the connection anxiety. though? I mean, pardon me. Well, I, I think it's thinking. I think it's a thinking pattern. Okay. You know, we all have different thinking patterns, and I think we don't know how to really utilize our thinking patterns for for to to live optimally as humans. Interesting. And that is what philosophy is to me, working out how to, how things around me work. You know, get, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy experience, like. So, I don't know how you go through and not think about that. You know, we seem to be distracted by like, by money and uh, all these other different things. I think religion was kind of part of that, but it didn't really help. We still we still seem as a as a species quite lost, and I think philosophy helps us. I mean, it's like it's yeah, it's sort of like I've always been systematic in, our, in the way I think about things. I like to work them out. I understand. I mean, religion offers an option for many people. Uh, a lot of people go into religion looking for answers, but as in if they follow through to philosophy. They would find their answers on their own, yeah, as opposed yeah. to religion. Yeah, well, you you need to be completely honest with yourself. You can't like, does this work for you or does it not? How do you feel? What what is it? You know, for me, it was like just an itch in my brain that I had to, I had to get at. You know, hmm. I, I didn't stop talking. Like, and it hasn't stopped. I don't think it ever stopped. But I've got to a point where, you know, I can function pretty well I would say you know I don't need I don't need any substances or anything to get me through life I'm relatively happy yeah you don't you don't need a a relationship with a vice to kind of like to help you fill in the blanks or to find the answers for whatever it is that you need yeah again there's lots of things it could be like uh, building material possessions or a lot of people do it with finding a partner you know they don't feel fulfilled until they find a partner which is a bad way because you're always going to feel like not complete 
but you can you are full and complete as you are and that's societal as well we get kind of taught that you're not complete or that you need to find a, a you, partner by a certain you need age partner, you need you need all this different stuff to then you can be happy whereas it's just like well you can just choose to be happy now right and well that that's where philosophy comes into play whereas in you have certain obstacles that everybody deals with in life and your decision of how to go about it is completely different because of your way of thinking because of philosophy as opposed if you would go down the typical road of either cultural ways or social ways or religious religious ways then you would stumble upon a whole different way of solving these issues that might not necessarily work for you but you don't know this because you haven't really dived into philosophy the way for example people like you have yeah well it's to put it simply like it's just a way of thinking yeah okay these things come into your life it's like so if you have a if you have a hurdle that comes into your life that can shut a lot of people down you know from doing whatever they're going to do where if you change uh the way you perceive that oh this is just something i need to grow and learn you know so when i'm doing a drawing and i come across like a like we're a, part where I just can't get it seems to understand it like I can't do it I know this is just like I need to work at this and then I understand it and I sort of like grow from it does that make sense yeah definitely I, I mean and that's like the same as why I lift weights and stuff okay you know you're strengthening yourself you're strengthening your body you need a strong body and strong mind well I think so how your body how depending on how healthy your body is depending on how your mind is going to eventually work or vice versa? Or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, they but, they, yeah, but they could be like a, they're like a, a harmony together. Well, a okay. synergy. They're one thing, kind of. They complement each other. Yeah. Simultaneously, and it's just kind of like, it's interesting, it's cool. It's, I, I never, like. I wasn't expecting that with the first. <laughs> quite, quite heavy. No, I mean, I like it because, I mean, I, I know we, we jumped right into it in terms of, like, conversation also, and we're talking about philosophy, and I, I don't think people know exactly what it is that you do. Uh, so, Richie and I, we work together at Laundry uh, Bar, uh, and Richie is back of the house. He's one of the chefs, or line cook, or I don't, I don't really know what, how yeah, you see yourself. Yeah. Um, but you remind me so much, have you ever seen the movie Waiting? No. Brian Reynolds, Justin Long, No. If you have some downtime, check it out. It's a movie based on all these interesting characters that work within a restaurant, and it's about the day in the restaurant. It's like it's comedy. And oh no, I have seen that thing. I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they prank each other, yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, he gets offered a manager job. He turns it down. Yeah, which one there? Which one? Well, you're Bishop. Who's Bishop? He's the wiz. The you know the dishwasher in the kitchen, the wise guy that he always sits down to talk. You know. I can't remember. I can't remember that, that guy, but... He's the guy that everybody goes to in the back of the house to just, like, sit down and talk to, and, like, he gives them advice about life and how to go about things. He's, like, the wise guy. He's, like, you know, that... Right, right. Everybody goes to him. You kind of remind me of him in the sense that, you know, you... You kind of, like, always have a positive answer. Not necessarily, like, it's a good answer in terms of, like, oh, this is a good or a bad. It's more so that... After one talks to you, you kind of like come out looking at things. Well, shit, you know what? Things might be better. Things might, I can do things differently or this is the outlook or, you know, you, you come up with a certain way of thinking that is productive. That's, that's kind of like the philosophy to go back to that. Exactly. Yeah. 
but it's it's a lot of that is because uh, I would say I've gone through a lot uh, differently in my life to to figure stuff out and and when people come I see you can I can kind of see when someone's got something on their mind and often I hear it, I'm just like really is that all that's bothering you right now you know you need to look at the whole your whole picture of your life you know because most people that work in at laundry or are younger there's nothing really wrong with them but it's just all in their perception in their head that something's wrong well everything's new when you're young you know what you know what I'm saying it's just I don't understand that but uh, yeah like you said that you're young so everything's new so as you as you grow older I mean when I was 19, 20 everything just was just new everything that I did was new everybody I met was new and every where I went was new so you you, you are like it's a still now though yeah I find that still I it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop, but you have to put yourself out there more so often to be able to see more n- new things. Whereas in before, they, it was just organic. You know, as you grow older, you go from, you know, elementary to middle school, middle school, junior high, junior high, high school, high school, which is what you guys call college here, university. And every single step of your life is new, whether puberty, friends, relationships, you, you start developing as, a, as an adult, you know. Life is always an ongoing process for everyone, but at that particular time in life, it's just a lot of different chapters. Once you get to a point where you're self-sufficient, you're the one who have to, you have to put yourself out there to be able to receive new information. If not, it's just going to be monotonous. You're going to wake up in the same house, go to work in the same job, hang out with the same friends, and go drink and eat in the same places. Yeah, I just read a book. Uh, called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway which is recommended um, just what you're talking about I think people let fear put them off and it's kind of like a cliche right about the fear thing but it's, it's true it never, it, it never goes away like for me it was like tattooing scary as fuck to start tattooing someone into someone's skin but as soon as you do it you know you, you've grown into a next phase where now you're tattooing people and now you're in a different like you've got different uh, things to do you've got different things to think about different perception different perceptions you've got different people coming into your life and that's just from keeping on moving but I think that's what you're what you're saying is like you have to put yourself out there and I think a lot of people don't for that re- very reason oh I feel a bit uncomfortable or whatever but that's where you that's where you grow that's where you learn and that's where you always have to be that's where that's where I live all the time I try to if I'm not you know I make an effort to do it and, and I love I love that you're saying that because I feel like a lot of people in hospitality, specifically, kind of like, go into hospitality thinking that it's it's a dead end job and I'm just going to be here for a little bit, and a lot of them end up being stuck and just calling hospitality their careers. And hospitality is a career path, but you also have to be real with yourself in terms of what do you want to do with your life? Do you want to be within hospitality? And if you do, then go all in and decide what route within hospital do you want to take and I feel a lot of people are like just kind of like just getting by because they're scared of making that extra step regardless if it's within hospitality or not the fear like you mentioned is like right in front of them and they don't allow themselves to grow yeah well hospitality what I found in hospital and why I always started hospital was I've always been an artist and that you've, so hospitality is full of art oh, of art. course it caters to it it's like you know, or like you talk to so many people. What are you? Oh, I'm a dancer. You know, um, like you, you're a podcaster and all these things. And 
and me, I'm like a painter and all these different things. You get that all the time. That you also get the young kids that just come out of school that don't know what they want to do. I understand that too. That it's it's kind of like it's hospitality. You need to be whatever you're gonna do. I think you should be doing it as best as you can. Of course. So like that, the four agreements. Mm-hmm. One of the I think it's the fourth is like always do your best. And I think like you see a lot of people come into a hospital like with that mentality I, you know it's not a career so they still do a half-ass job I don't believe in that either do your job properly as best as you can it makes you feel better too especially in hospitality because like we work we work in the restaurant industry uh, so you know when a customer or a guest comes in and they buy a dish and they buy a drink and they sit down and they expect to be served on or catered or whatever they're not only paying for the food and the drinks. They're paying for the service, for the ambiance, for the treatment. So if you have an employee going half-ass, then you're cheating the customer. But then also you're cheating yourself of the experiences and the things that you can learn within the job. Exactly. You know, there's a number of skills that you can learn within a bar. You know, from cocktails to wine to beer. You know, you can definitely dive into any one of those fields and learn heaps, learn so much. Well, you, well, that's another thing I see, especially with front of house, with you guys, is there's certain people that just love it, and that's what they're going to do, and that's what they're meant to do. You know, that they just love that, the whole thing, like whatever, beer, wine, talking about it. They love serving people, you know. That's cool too. There's nothing that gets looked down upon. But a lot of people look that's down shitty. upon it though. That's, that's the, shitty. That's the problem it's... with society nowadays. Hospitality is looked down upon like, even in the States. Whereas in, you know, you, you ever heard of Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, AOC? She was elected, you know, uh, as a representative of New York. And she was a bartender before she got elected. And they still shit on her. Oh, like, you know, I'm going to send you back to bartending. What's wrong with bartending? What's wrong with I being... I didn't know the one you're talking about. You understand how... Like, yeah, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with being able to want to have a career in, in hospitality, in the restaurant industry, in, in the bar scene, and enjoying it, and making that your, your lifestyle. Well, yeah, well, not, they have to realize not every one of us can sit in office. I know I couldn't. Oh, neither could I. I couldn't, I would go crazy in a cubicle. You know, if they're, they're paying like, like whatever, it's just not something I'm capable of. I can't sit still. Like that's, that's another thing I've, I've figured I like about kitchen work because I'm, I'm standing I'm moving you know I'm active I like being active you're constantly creating something yeah I, I just yeah I just couldn't sit I try yeah man I struggle with it I struggle with that sort of thing unless I'm like fully stimulated by like with my art then I just get lost in it and I've, I've just come to the realisation that this is what I'm doing it doesn't matter nothing's gonna get me off my path you know I don't yeah. care about what society thinks it, this is what I love to do. It's not so much hospitality. Hospitality supports what I love to do. You know, I love cooking at home for my friends, and I love all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's not my my ultimate path. It's not your cup of tea. Yeah, kind of. How did you get it? I mean, I, we've never talked about this, but how did how did you get into like into back of the house? How did you get into cooking? How did you get into it? Like, when, when did you start working in restaurants and how did you get into it? Like, well, I was original, originally a front of house, barista. Really? Yeah. Oh, snap. When I started when I was about 20, I think. I will actually hold you on to this and ask you to make me a nice little latte sometime. Yeah, yeah. 
course. Yeah, so I started at front of house and I actually really enjoyed it. And, and then I sort of, how did it come about that I got roped into the back? I don't really remember how I got roped into the back. I think I just got tired of dealing with customers. customers. That's, that's how he's like, you know, it's a love-hate relationship with front of the house. Yeah, and I could always cook. And then I just sort of like, just started helping out, I think. And then the next thing I was like, oh, you can, you can handle pressure and all that. I just sort of ended up in, and I've never gone back. I don't think I could go to front. Like front of house, I'd just talk too much. Yeah, you're a chatterbox. I chatterbox. Am, I am as yeah. well. And like Lucy said that, I said, you know, and I, I'd be totally honest, I'd just talk to people because I find people interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, I, hey, that's why I'm here. That's why I enjoy listening to people's stories and what they do and what they're all about and what they want to do. And I empathize with you 100%. But that shouldn't it be, if I was running a bar, that's what I would go for, someone who can talk to, to customers or just talk to people. That's part of the thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, in theory, that's that's kind of like part of the job as a bartender. Yeah, to, to make the customer feel like you're almost like a friend. Welcome. Not, yeah. You know, you want them to feel comfortable. You want them to feel they can trust you even, they, even though they just met you. Yeah. Well, I think people don't realize how much when they go out, how much of their food is handled by other people. Human interaction, you mean? Yeah, like before it gets onto their plate, the chefs, there's a lot of touching going on in their food. Multiple people. Multiple people. There's a lot of like trust that they don't even know they have trusted. You know? You have to have trust that the chefs, uh, you know, know what they're they're doing and the prep crew yeah often they order chicken and stuff like that it has to all be handled right right from the start you know people don't think about that everything has to be handled correctly and they're trusting the server yeah. and the bartender yeah. in terms of like so the people they look down on are also you know the people who are giving them the, these, these experiences but I think it's, that's another thing I could say about uh, the way you perceive things like when I move on from hospitality eventually it's taught me so much I'll never get, if I'm in a, a, a restaurant and I have to wait for my food or drink or whatever, I'd never get shitty at the waiter. Because you understand. Not, I know it's not their fault. I, mean, I know what's going on, you know. There'll be some sort of like hiccup or whatever. It's not really their fault. Unless they're deliberately being disrespectful and like fucking around, you know. I won't say anything, but because if, if they're really busy, you know, just give them a break. Give them a break. They're on like almost minimum wage. Or minimum wage. Or minimum wage. Yeah. Give them a break. So it's the same thing that goes with cleaners and stuff and garbage men and all that. We need those for a functioning society. Yes. You know? Who are you to look down on them? Because they're the ones who keep the streets nice and clean for us to enjoy. I mean, as citizens or as residents within a city, everybody plays a role. And, and that's what makes the whole thing go around. And you can't be shitting on the people who have what you perceive a lesser role than you all, you do because they're not up to your standards. But then if everybody was, if everybody was doing what you expect them to do, then there would be nobody doing all those little jobs that need to be done. And some people are happy doing whatever kind of job Absolutely. you might perceive not good enough for you, Absolutely. but for them is good enough. I, th I think that's part of what community is. And like a lot of people, like you said, it's like, you can get pleasure from it. It's when you resist it, when you're like, say you're in a in, in the uh, kitchen or in front of the house and you want to be, say, an actor, but you, you, you 
you were in a restaurant instead, you're like, fuck this, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's not a good way to be for anybody. Of course. You want to be wherever you are and just be like, okay, I'm going to do the best I can. You know, make this food the best I can or make this drink the best I can. When you take pride in that, it gives you a sense of pride. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, it makes, it makes perfect sense. I mean, nobody's... Because like, you see it a lot. You know, people get miserable and shitty and... They do a half-ass job, half-ass day in job. and day out. And their attitude is infectious in a way that is poisonous to the rest of the staff. You know, you... Yeah, but it's miserable for them as well. Of no course. It's miserable for them. I mean, you, you, like, it's... Sometimes, like, I've had jobs in the past where I feel like the people that I work with make or break a job. Like, they make it. They're the ones who encourage me or allow me to be able to come in and enjoy it because they have such a great attitude and their demeanor and their behavior towards what they got to do is so uplifting that I don't care if the job is, you know, something minuscule. I like it because the attitude and the energy that I'm surrounded with is, 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 it's enough. It's enough for me to just come in and do my job at the best of my ability because I see that everybody around me is doing their job at the best of their ability. So I don't want to be the one that stands out because this is not good enough for me. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's true. It's, but like you do see it all the time. Some people, I mean... I, yeah, I think what I've learned is, is gratitude. And patience, yeah. I feel, a lot, sometimes. Well, yeah. No, just like, if you're just grateful for what you already have in your life, you'll, you'll kind of, again, like it's perception, you'll see it differently. Like I see, when I get in the caravan, you know, there's a lot of different ways you could look at that. You could be like, oh, you know, I've got a shitty job or something. Or you could be like, you know, I, I have like a lot of abundance in my life. I have like all this food around me. I have people that I really like around me. I work for really good guys. And, um, that changes the way you feel about everything. Do you know? See, it's just so it's just a matter of the way you're seeing things. You're like playing game with yourself in your head. Like the reality is just neutral. True. You know? I, I feel like I personally have struggled a lot. Not so much with gratitude, because as as I go from one job to the other, or as I've gone from one job to the other in the industry, I usually try to look at the good and bad things, but not in a positive, negative way. I look at the good things and I try to take that with me and I try to learn from the bad things as well. So I kind of like take from both and I put them and I write notes in my head and I just kind of like learn from it and on to the next one. And that's how I always look at it. One thing I've struggled a lot with is me being patient with myself and my expectations of where I thought I was gonna be in life at a certain point and understanding that that's not the reality of wh- what it is, of what my life is. And understanding that this is where I'm at. And I have to make the most of it and keep pushing through. Is the universe is wiser than you. 100% true. So, you know, you'll have one, one idea, but the universe will have its idea, own idea, which is superior than yours. You know, because obviously you need to meet certain people or learn certain lessons and go through this or go through that in order to get to this place that you want to go and enjoy it more fully. You could even embrace the process 
Yeah. Or swim against the current. It's like playing yeah, yeah, tug of yeah. war with a black hole. Oh yeah, I know. I know all about resistance. Yeah, you can't. If you're gonna fight it, you're gonna suffer a lot. But yeah. And then hospitality yeah. offers this great. Well, yeah, but like getting back to that gratitude thing, though, like the quickest way to learn gratitude is like take away something that you have. Okay. okay. So water is a good example. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we don't even think about water because it's everywhere around us. You know, have a shower, wash your hair, blah blah blah. Do this, drink water. I guess if the council shuts that water off for a day, you'll you'll notice that water then. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? But we're so abundant, we don't even notice all those things. You know? We're, we're like a, a very abundant society now. But it's just like still people focus on all the lack. You know? We still, everyone's still complaining about shit. And, and it kind of, maybe it's something to do with human the way humans are we've always had something to fight against so we always have to find some shit that's not really there you know because like like you look at us now like what do we have really to complain about we have the we have the luxury of sitting down and just talking about art and culture and whatever over a we have luxury of beer yeah you know and like alcohol around us it's like there's no lack thereof. There's no lack there. You know, of course we would want more money or this or that, but still, it's like that's luxury, isn't it? Stability is a luxury in in today's world. Yes. To, to but that's when all the good art comes, right? When society is stable, that's when artists and all that can thrive. Because when you look, because I think like on a when you look at when I look at my life, I was born into like sort of like middle class New Zealand like safe you know always enough to eat always enough always enough of everything right so as a kid and growing up all I had to focus on was myself development and doing the arts really that was my life was playing guitar and, and drawing and stuff that's that is like an, an ideal life life yes but it, you know it takes you to grow old enough and to have that realisation until then you'll be just like oh this is just how life is you know what I mean? no definitely of course I mean it's people everybody has different expectations of what what the what's what's the word I'm looking for just you know when you get to that point in life where you feel like okay I, I made it I'm good I'm content this is what I'm looking for does that happen? I don't believe it. I don't believe that it happens, but... Because there's complacency then. Of course, I agree with you 100%. But people have an imagination of what it would look like. And I don't. it, it might look like exactly what you said. I just want to play guitar and draw. Have no, absolutely. But that, that is where your passion comes into play. Yes. Because you already know, and you already have practice, like already know exactly what my success is, is being able to provide for my, myself doing those things. That's it. That's it. That is success. I don't, that is happiness. That's why you, that's why passion is so important in a person's life. If they, if someone doesn't have that passion, there's something lacking. You can see it. You can feel it. They're trying to fill it with other things. But when you meet those people that are on their path, right? You know it, right? You feel it. You, you see feel it. it. They're yeah. just like, I'm doing this. You can see the hunger. The hunger and the, and the, and the, I don't know, just like, 
it's just it's like a juice it's like an energy it just it, it feeds you you know like every day I wake it up and I'm thinking you know I've got to do this and I've got to do that but I love it you know and that that, that what you just said I was thinking about that as well it's like because I do a piece of artwork or a project for someone and when I'm doing it I'm like I've got this like burn in my in my I don't know in my being to get it done and then once I get it done I feel really good but the next day it's back to square one where I've got to start all over again go through that process but I love it I love this play but it also gives me everything else it gives me challenge it teaches you a lot about yourself it teaches about like how you how do you deal with obstacles how do you deal with things that are unexpected like spins in your life because they always happen of course and that's why mastery is so important you should be in a path of passion which teaches you about mastery and stuff you know pick that thing and just get honed it and get really good at it now you got me all motivated and shit I'm like ready to go it's really simple though because it's been like it's nothing new this has been on for a really long time it's like working out it's like you have to you have to just pinpoint what it is and then you got to work at that that's it there's nothing out there's no secret to it like there's no secret to my art there's no so like what what's your goal through art like if, if you do have one like you know what's what I want to be prolific and I want to be uh, wealthy and I want to be well known that's fairly <laughs> fairly forward very yeah I like that is there a message behind your artwork or you just kind of like no nah, there's no there's no message it's about beauty and it's about uh, giving it's my version of love and my giving my love to the world and and like seeing people like Holly with my artwork tattooed on her body it gives me it's, it's by no means um, selfless you know like giving I don't I love giving but it's it's people that miss like I don't know misjudge it it is it's not selfless because it gives you a good feeling you know yeah, that makes me feel better than probably anything is giving people my artwork I don't know what it's related to but I think a lot of people relate Arnold Schwarzenegger said that in one of his rules you know always give back but I think that's part of the community you have to give what you are out there otherwise you're just sitting on the side standing on the sideline you know I want to be in the ring you know definitely oh, because in the ring you get you take the knocks as well that, that's part of it I mean for all the people that love your what you're doing you're going to have some people that are haters you know you're going to people who try to pull you down but that comes with it you've got to embrace that too you just be as comes with the fucking being, being in the ring fighting that's that's a very cool way to of looking at your artwork because it's not necessarily like you know you, you look at art history or you look at modern art and a lot of artists have either a social message or a political message behind it or a story that comes from them in your case you're you're not so much about showcasing a story or a message you're more about showcasing a feeling and where that artwork could go and what they could do for people well it's, it's, I think it's more related to what I study classical art and classical Italian art like Michelangelo and Da Vinci and, and learning their was their uh, philosophy on art was beauty and bringing beauty in the world making things more beautiful that was pretty much it and that's what I subscribe to 
I'm not about modern art where it has you could shit on a wall and say put a message behind it. You know, if I've got a message to say, I would rather get up and say it, like I'm doing now. I'd rather just say it. But my art's about beauty. My art's about uh, what I what I feel, what I feel in my heart. That's cheesy, I know, but it's the way it goes. I mean, it's not cheesy. It's it's just who you are. And I mean, there's what is cheesy. Well, I'll just say you know when you when you talk about like your heart and stuff. But I think the more I think about it, it's like that's where art stems from. Is your heart? It's not from your mind. It's not from you. It's from something that you feel. Oh, and art in general, regardless of yeah, in your music, case, everything. It, yeah, everything is, it, and that's where we should be. Uh, listening a lot more to or living I should say well this is this is actually where passion is reflected within I feel in hospitality at times as well when you have passion when you're cooking yeah you know in the food well, it's, the same, well, it's the same thing it's, a, it's a, exactly like when I make a, I've got to make a, a burrito next on Monday it's the same thing I'm making something and putting it out it's no longer yours anymore you put it out and it's for the the people to judge it you know, don't, and you don't worry about it. You know, if you're going to worry about to that, you're never going to be an artist. You just give up now. If you can't, if you if you're afraid of all that, you know, the first exhibition I ever had, like a few years ago, I remember the hanging day. I started putting my first piece up, and I started getting like a borderline, like like anxious. You know, I was like, "Fuck!" Of course, this is like hanging my like undies up, you know, my like <laughs> my underwear up, and and people coming along. But that's what you have to do. You get over it pretty quickly. Because if, if you're going to be too sensitive to it, it's just like, you're not going to survive. Because the more attention you get, if it goes on, on online, man, you're going, to get, you're going to get ripped as well. You're going to, you just have to take it and not take it personally. That's one of the, actually one of the other agreements. Don't take things personally. Hmm. I, I great, like... great book, by the way, Four Agreements. <laughs> I think my mom uh, recommended that book or... Pretty sure my mom did. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> it's a good, good book, and there's another book I recommend everybody to read, and like it's called The War of Art. It's not just for artists. Ah, my mom gave me that book as a gift before read coming it. to New Zealand. Good mom. Yes. Good. If I had one book of any book, I'd get rid of all the books, and that'd be the one I'd keep. If I had to get rid of all, all my books, bro, read, read that book. It's worth anyone listening. Buy that book. It's worth the $20 or something. I read that book. So, check it out. She gave it to me a couple of days before I left Puerto Rico to come to New Zealand. And I didn't... I had a hard time reading it on the flight because I'm usually... I don't know. I I watch movies. I, I, yeah. I'm one of those. I watch two, three movies in a row. I don't care. So, I barely opened the book. Um, it was not until I took an overnight bus coming from Auckland to Wellington... Where I had hours to kill before I decided to kind of go to bed or go to sleep because I'm in the bus. Um, and I decided to open it and I read it. I read it all in one night, sitting down on the bus. It's an easy read. That's of course, definitely. So that's what makes it such a great book as well. It's just, it's like I said about my art. It's like, it, there's nothing like magical. It's just straight to the fucking point. Love that book. And Love it, that changed my life actually. It, it really, it really kind of like, it slaps you in the face. Well, because it makes you, it calls you out on all your bullshit. It does. It calls you out on all, like, like that's why I said, can we make it three? 
because I knew today I had to get some shit done. Of course. I, I, had, I said, I've got to get the concept for this bit done, this bit done, and this bit done. I had to work out as well. Of course. And I was going to come here until that was done. You know, I could have sat around and fucked around. You know, resistance. Mm-hmm. It's but just like, it's straight to the point. And it's like, people who are unaware of it, you see it all the time. They're like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to start this and I want to do that. I'm like, yeah, but you won't. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you just won't do it. You know, because you, you're in that that sort of resistance mode where you'll never get shit done. It's painful, man, to sit down and look at a blank piece of paper. But the pain subsides if you sit down and actually do it. It's more painful not to do it. And you get fucking, you become 60 and be like, oh shit. I could have shit. Oh shit, I didn't do any of I don't I haven't done anything in my, that I really wanted to. You know, because I'm 36 and you know, I've got like 10, 10 year plan. It's just based around, I want to be, I want my heart out in the world because I love it. it like, it's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's my way of giving love into the world. We all have, have something to give. You know, you can't take all the time. You have to give. And then if that's the goal that you have, then you have to find ways to make it happen. You will though. You absolutely will. True. Even if you have to work, how much do you want it? Like, that's what I mean. People to be provided, um, prepared to do what I do, work at nights, cooking, and then do my other work during the day. Most most people wouldn't do it. That's why, you know, I I find that an unfulfilling life, working in an office and growing old doing that. I I don't know how people can do that. And that comes back down to the philosophy thing. Life's too mysterious. Or discipline sometimes. Some people don't have the discipline. They might have maybe, I don't know, maybe it might be contradictive, but you, you can argue that you have the passion and the vision and the creative aspects of what you want to do and you're clear, but you don't, just don't have the discipline to overpower those habits that you have. But he kind of goes into that in the more of art. He does. But I think it'll, it'll for me, it would have driven me insane. Like, quite literally. If I didn't do it, if I did something else and I wasn't doing my art, it would fuck, fuck with me real bad. Very true. That's one of the reasons I look up to artists in general. Like, especially like a lot of the people I've met throughout the years in hospitality are artists, like you mentioned. And a lot of my good friends are artists because of hospitality, you know, it's kind of like connected. And one thing I look up to them is, or one of the reasons I look up to them is because of the discipline that they have with their artwork and what they want to achieve through their art. You know, regardless of what it is, they still show up at work like I do and they work those 30, 36, 40 plus hours a week and they still take time out to work on their art, to perfect their art, to work on certain projects. Because they have the passion, they have the dedication. Like I said, passion is like a fuel. It fuels you. You know, and then I, w- I wouldn't even say my job is bad. You know, I don't go to work and oh fuck. You know, I don't mind mind it. I've got I, I always have people like you around that I can we can talk, whatever. Good food. Good food, drink. You know, if you want to, coffee, sparkling yeah. water. But I, you know, I, I as I'm getting older, I love community more, and I think community is really really important. Like community and family. If you don't have family. You need some sort of family, you know? 
that's what I'm finding. I find that's fulfilling as well. So like the laundry family, you know? Yes, you can see that. You can see that. But you know, the, 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 the more of that, the better. And the more you participate in giving and all that. I don't, I don't really believe in the lone wolf thing anymore. You know, because I used to think I was a lone wolf. But I'm definitely not. You know, I need people around me. And I need to share things with them. And I need to talk. And I need, I need all that. And I think, you know, if you say you don't, then maybe I think you're lying to yourself. I think it's in, in the human DNA to do things like this, you know, even just talk about stuff. No, I mean, like, everything you're saying is on point. I feel like within a community... What's the philosophy thing? It goes right back to the start. Stuff I've thought about a lot, about my own personal, what works and what doesn't work. A, a couple of things that you said that I love is one is the family vibe or environment that hospitality offers and creates you know that's one thing that I've always you know relish about working in hospitality the, the, the environment and your co-workers you become so close to them and, and you kind of like have this respect and energy and just familiarity with each other that they become as close to you as a lot of your family members if not even closer you know, not only because of the amount of time that you spend with each other, but because the community is there. Yeah, and it's like a, it can be like a war environment. <laughs> it could a be. War like, I mean, like, when it, you know, when it's like real busy, it can be like a war and you got to rely on each other, you know? You also... You, you, you need each other to do, you know, to be doing their job, you know? So that, I think that adds to the bond. Yes. You know, high pressure, all that kind of stuff. Empathy. Yeah. But, yeah, it just... And, like, I've heard people say, like, well, you know, it's full of drugs and alcohol and all that. I'm like, yeah, because we work around it, but I don't think that's a exclusively a hospitality thing. I, I don't think a, so either. I think I it's think highlighted. It's, a, it's highlighted, but I think it's just, like, that's a human thing. We've, we like getting fucked up. And no matter... If you went into, like, bankers and stuff, they'd be doing the same Corporate shit. Corporate environment. Corporate, absolutely. But yeah, maybe not... So on display, like hospital workers do, but I think it's definitely there. It's just a human thing. I feel maybe hospitality, and I'm not saying that you know we embrace it or that you know it is what it is, but I kind of do feel that within hospitality, you're in, you're in a leisure you're in a leisure environment, which kind of like these things are naturally provided for because of the environment that you're in. And number two, yeah, sometimes true. I feel like people within the industry don't necessarily shy away from it as opposed to other industries where people are more conservative about the vices that they do. Think us in the restaurant industry specifically, you know, not everybody does the same drugs. Not everybody drinks the same type of stuff. Not everybody drinks and does drugs. Some people are just, you know, chilling with water and, you know, yeah. good coffee. But well, I, just, I don't actually do much drink at work yeah I hardly very rarely if ever sure. it's just it's it's just but it's like it is like you said it's like the environment if you're there on a Friday night it's like a party environment and you're that type you know probably more likely to start drinking with them well I mean you would do your job and then maybe after your shift is done probably have a drink well you said that you can drink you drink at some of the other jobs right 
Well, they allow you to kind of like, you know, maybe have a shot shot throughout the shift, you know, with one of the regulars or sometimes throughout the midway through a crazy shift, like we'll get together, we'll pause, we'll hit the pause button, pour a couple of shots and we'll do a shot together at staff, you know, and you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of leeway. Obviously you don't want to drink, you know, you don't want to work under the influence because then you're handling money, you're handling, you know, different personalities behind the bar. It's kind of commonplace though, right? You do see like some people like drunk behind the bar. I remember when I used to go out anyway, but it was just common what kind of what they did. Yeah, some, a lot of people get away with it. A lot of people um, do it on the down low. Mm, you know, it's just kind of the way it is. It doesn't happen everywhere, but there, there, is, there is places and it's not, it's not one place in the world, it's everywhere where you'll have those spots or those kind of people. You know, but I feel more so that nine to fivers have a chance to get out of work and go blow some steam. Whether they hit up a happy hour spot after work or they meet up with their mates, work mates after work and just go get a beer or two, they have a chance to blow steam. We get out of work at one, two, three in the morning and then for some reason people expect us to just kind of like turn off like robots and go to bed. It doesn't work like that. You know? No, it doesn't. You, we got to blow off some steam. Sometimes happens in a very mellow, chill way. Glass of wine, a beer, you know, you go home. Sometimes... You have more than one beer, and sometimes you roll a joint, you get high, you know, you go with it. Yeah, I don't actually work that late. I mean, I'm always done by 10.30, which is good, it's perfect. Oh, it's a good time. Yeah, I get home, I'm asleep by midnight. Lucky you. Wake up at 8. I think I'm breaking down the bar by midnight. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys do well. You guys do well. Like, what? Look, I'm... F- Weekends, you get out at four thirty after you clean up and stuff. I don't. I don't work weekends at laundry. I work weekends at meow. But there is they times at meow where I do get out of work at three thirty in the morning. And yes, they guys at laundry four thirty five o'clock in the morning sometimes. Yeah, it's just the lifestyle. It's kind of how it is, you know. Yeah, but some people like it. Some people do like it. Um, I, I don't know. I like I like getting home around ten thirty eleven. I'm not gonna lie. I like I like working early into the evening as opposed to later into the evening. That's just more of a preference kind of thing to me. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be going to bed. I don't go to bed till midnight anyway, around there, even if I'm not working. Midnight's sort of like my time. Where, I, where I, like Arnold Schwarzenegger said he goes, like sleep midnight till six, but I need a bit more sleep than that. Midnight till eight, and then I get all my work done in the day. For my best hours, sort of from like nine till three. My work done there. That six hour window? Something like that, yeah. Wake up, yeah, start working. And then then I come to work and chill at work pretty much. Of course. And at, at, I mean, at, at the restaurant. And how would you go about it if you, let's say, if you were required to work daytime? Well, you have day shifts though sometimes. Yeah, it was, uh, I, it's the same thing. I wake up at eight and I come to work at night. And then you go about it? I can't work, I leave at four. And then you go about it then, four to ten. I come, I normally come home, I don't actually do much work if I'm doing a day shift. You take it as a day off? Yeah, well, I know that's not true. Normally I'll come home, I'll have a little, like, reset, a little nap, and then I'll do something else. Okay. Yeah, that's how I normally do that. You just go figure, figure ways out how to do it. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. 
you know, that's why I say it. Yeah, everybody has to find their routine. Everybody has to find a way to like, you know, incorporate what it is they want to do outside of the job in their own time and they have to find a way that works for them. It's like, it's like we said earlier, it's like, if, if you really want to do it, you'll find a way of doing it, you know? <coughs> if, you, if you don't, then you don't really want to do it. If you're finding excuses all the time, you don't really want to do it. You know, the, the work doesn't, you when I speak about the work, is different, like my, my own work, which is like paramount, it's the most important. And then the chefing thing is just like, like complements that, right? But the work, my work is number one. There's nothing that stands in front of it, like. No. So is it safe to say that you don't see yourself, <coughs> pardon me, implementing hospitality within your career later in the future, or working alongside hospitality in one way or another later in life? The, the closest thing I was thinking is a, a sort of gallery tattoo studio where it'd be an art, art uh, gallery as well. Okay. That people could come and see and there'd be maybe like a, a coffee machine. A barista. Barista. Or the host would be the barista. Yeah, whatever. Something like that. That would be the closest thing I could see. And they could come in, people could chill, you know, even maybe watch, watch tattooing going on, watch the the art, you know, just like an art gallery plus the studio. Uh, something like that. I think it'd be pretty, pretty cool. It's a pretty cool idea. I like that. Yeah. Or you could hang your artwork in cafes or restaurants or... Yeah, if no, they purchase no, no, it no I'd, rather, I'd, I'd rather it be a, <coughs> a, a like, complement to the gallery rather than the main thing be the cafe. Okay. That makes sense. Like, I think there's something there's there's something changing, like with tattooing. It's it's lost all the taboo. Yeah. Which is cool for me, and it's and it's a new style coming through, which I'm part of. Um, so, I don't know I think I think things are going to change a lot in the tattoo world in the next ten years. I I can agree with you. I remember when I got my first tattoo, my mom went ape shit on me. <laughs> you know, she she says that. You know what am I doing getting a tattoo that yeah, so that that ran out that it's no longer trending that's you know it already ran its course it's not in fashion anymore and this was I don't think it's a fashion thing I, and I agree with you um, that's because yeah no I think I think if it was a fashion it would be well over by now well I feel like maybe to our parents back in the you know seventies eighties maybe even nineties it got to a point where it was you know like you said taboo and it was like kind of like criminals some, yeah. my dad associated with criminals. Yeah. Tattoos. It was illegal in many places until a certain point. Yeah, and so like, but now it's like a real art form. It's refined. It's getting refined, you know. It's celebrated. Yeah. You know, there's in, there's TV shows after you know, that are made yeah, up of competitions. All, I, I love it. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that people can express themselves and all that. You know. It, not only people can express themselves through tattoos but artists can showcase their work through tattoos like yourself yeah but it, yeah and it's also like if people say it's a fashion well that would be like saying art is a fashion art is definitely not a fashion art has been with humans forever but fashion fashion you know takes I mean? away from art not fashion takes fashion borrows from art to create fashion they're having a fun day with the motorcycles today <laughs> what do you mean though 
Well, how, how, if you look at fashion in a way, it is, it, it's a reflection of many things. It's a reflection of an individual story and who they are and what they want to showcase and where they've been and, you know, what they're about. But it's also a reflection of an artistry, you know, whether it's somebody getting a sleeve because they think that getting a sleeve is cool, is getting a sleeve cool because they're reflecting the personality through the tattoos or they're getting a sleeve because... You know, Justin Bieber has a sleeve. I don't know. Maybe. That that's where I feel. Well, it's weird. I don't really. I've never thought of it like that though. Like sleeves or or whatever. I think about the artwork on the body. The detail. Yeah, I think of the piece. You know, I don't care what 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 it is like this. If it's a sleeve or on the hand or whatever, it's like it's just, is it is it a good piece of art? And and this is maybe because this, your style. Of your art is yeah. detailed. Yeah, it's extremely it's detailed. Illustrative, of course. When, when did you, when did you start like drawing? Like this is something you always did as a kid, or drawing was something I always did uh, from, you know, as long as I can remember. It was what I, when I was into something as a kid. Like I say, I loved motorbikes. I still do love motorbikes. I draw motorbikes. You know, that's what I, I was into. I draw them. Very cool. You know, then I was into. I was like a little kid, I used to uh, obviously like all the boys stuff, like the skulls, and that's what I was drawing. Make your own gang patches of skulls and stuff. For some reason I imagine you drawing Ghost Rider. Yeah, I, uh, not so much go, uh, Ghost Rider, but... Skulls, motorcycles. <laughs> True, it makes sense. But I, no, I didn't find about him later, but yeah, I guess I was like a real typical boy in what I was drawing, and, and then it was like women, obviously. So drawing women. Um, it's actually my dad who got me into it. I think he was like, he was he wasn't an artist himself, but he was just sitting down drawing like something in the living room. I think it was the fireplace, and I sat down with him and I started drawing. And I was only like probably seven or something, really young. And I drew it, and I remember him looking at it, going, "Whoa!" He was like, "You know, that's that's really good." And uh. And I just remember that stayed with me. I was like, maybe I can, maybe I'm like, could be an artist or something. It was a great boost of confidence. Yeah. And then, so then I just draw for like girlfriends and things like that. I draw them art, kind of like it, like I said, as my way of giving love. So it still is the same. Is this how you developed your style? How did you develop? Well, like, what's your style about? I mean, I I understand that it's extremely detailed, and you you you, you know consider yourself more fine art. That's a good question. I naturally uh, started gravitating towards uh, Italian art of the Renaissance, specifically like uh, Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo and Raphael, and learning all their techniques. You know, there's not there's not much available on how they drew, but I found it all all that I could find. I just keep drawing up, like drawing after their their work, and that really had an influence on my style but you, you everyone needs that that uh, what is it like a musician needs to study sort of like twinkle twinkle little star sort of thing before they can develop their own style do you know what I mean I understand you need to develop those basic skills and I think a lot of people skip those now and you need those fundamental skills and I think just from there if you've got enough personality your artwork will naturally develop because if you see my work now you can't really see 
but you can if you if you know about those artists link it directly but it is a heavily influenced by the Italian artists don't you know it's very very cool how how history plays a role in, in what you see I still love all the art but I, I the style naturally emerged and now I think I've got my own style and it's coming and it's just yeah so and you want to build well yeah you mentioned earlier like what what's your business all about and you just want to be able to showcase your artwork yeah I want to I want to be able to make a good living off it and I want it you know to be out there you know I want to be known for that and yeah and awesome I mean I remember you came here at the Drunken Octopus a couple of weeks ago and you were talking to Nikki and we talked about maybe possibly hanging a couple of your art pieces around yeah, the space. Yeah. You know, I think it would complement it very well, personally. Yeah, well, I'd want it, like, it would need to be some of the bigger pieces, you know, which I'm keen to do. Awesome. So if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or they want to purchase an artwork or they want to contract you for an art piece, whether that's for a tattoo something you know more personal or more detailed or more business how do what's the best way to go about it uh right now it's just instagram would be your best bet that's what i use most often i don't really use facebook but okay. i need i need to get more savvy with all this social media yeah i'm like i'm good on, on instagram i just i don't really like facebook that much personally even though instagram is part of facebook right yeah same owners but instagram is rich Varco, one word lovely r-i-c-h V-A-R-C-O-E Check it out. Have you thought about Tumblr or Pinterest? No, not not right now. Right right now, it's just doing the work. That's all my focus. And then, Creating the content? Yeah, and sort of people are coming to me, I've noticed, saying what you're saying, like, I can help you do all the other stuff. Of like, I've got uh, Lockie and, and Timmy and all that want to help me out. So... Uh, yeah, that's where the community starts giving you back. Yeah, and it's it's where people, like you said, everyone has their different things to offer. Like there's other there's other people that are better at that than I am, and who like doing that. Because yes. I like drawing, and doing all that good stuff, you know. And there's other people that like doing all that stuff. Agree. That makes them feel good. Of course. So just like you like getting artists and podcasting, everyone's got their place, you know. You know, it's why if everyone should just embrace who they are that's why I see it it's like it's like a jigsaw like a jigsaw like those old jigsaw puzzles yeah no, and like everyone fits into this big piece creation you know everyone has their value they just need to be themselves <laughs> kind of like you need to understand who you are to kind of like find your way in a way or a lot well, I, think, like, I like the, the you know how they've got those all those little they cut out in different pieces and they fit together it's like if you if you're not being the piece that you're designed for, you're not going to fit in there properly. What you have to do is be yourself, and then you're going to fit in there. You're going to like I, I notice that when you're in, in your passion, things will just come to you. People will come to you that you need when you need. It just fits. The universe will just you know, yeah help you out in that way. Yeah, well, it's like you. It's like if you need people on your podcast, they'll just come to you, right? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> So far, they have. If you just do it, if you just keep doing it, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Because I was like, I want to do a podcast, but I can't be fucked with all that kind of stuff that you, <laughs> that you seem to love doing. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, 100%. So I'm happy to do them, but, you know, someone's going to have to, someone's just going to be like, you show up at this time here and we'll do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, cool. 
And I'm grateful that you're here, man. I, I seriously do. I, I'm grateful that I, I can learn a little bit more about not only you, but the man behind the artwork and what goes about it and how it's all made up, you know? Yeah. Not made up, but I've created. Got piece, I've, got, I've got a piece coming for you, actually. So Sweet. I'm excited for that. I'm excited yeah. for that. But, um, it's been fun. It's been awesome. Yes, I do agree. Before um, I let you go, I, I wanted to ask you. So usually at the end of the, each episode, I, I ask everybody, like, you know, what's your perfect date? Like, what would be your perfect date? Uh, and when I mean that, I mean, like, how would you go about it? Where would you go for drinks, dinner, brunch, you know, nightcap? Talk to me. Tell me all about it. Like, what's your favorite places to go? Like, this is a perfect good, scenario. This is, this is a good question. I, I'm, like, you're taking me out. Where are you taking me? You know, I, I think I'll take um, the girl out to the beach. Break it like uh, it's one of my favorite spots out at Sea I'd go for a little walk around there on a nice, nice evening, nice summer evening, and would come in and would eat somewhere. What would you eat? Uh, my first, my first thing on the top of my head is uh, Nicolini's. Nicolini's on Courtney Place, which is a little Italian place. Okay. Legit Italian food, Italian family, never let me down. <laughs> it's never let me down. Great food, great atmosphere. What's your favorite dish? Here? Sit out the back if you uh, if you're gonna book a date there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like the prices there are really good too, like mid twenties. Okay. For, for decent dishes, um, I would recommend you could point to anything on the menu. Blindfold it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like like little snack food and stuff, I'd like say Mister Goes. Okay. Have you been there? I have. I have so, had a couple of pork buns there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty good too. Good, good value. And uh, after after dinner, I'd be be uh, I'd go to probably Hanging Ditch, Hanging like Ditch, a whiskey or something like that. Old fashioned. Old fashioned. Or they got a really good whiskey selection. Oh, so just whiskey needle on the rocks. Yeah, or yeah, or if I was going going in for a bit longer, like I like the old fashioned because it's extended a bit longer, you know. Hmm. And there's also a cool place on Cuba called Ninja Flower. Ah, um, Night Flower or Ninja Flower? Ah, uh, Night Flower. Ninja Flower, sorry, is a, is a piercing tattoo place. Yes. That's a cool place too. Ninja <laughs> yeah. The Night Flower is, uh, yeah, have you been there? I have been there. They, um, from they, my understanding, they don't have a menu. You just kind of show up, tell them like, what you're in the mood for. What's kind of like an old-fashioned bar. Dark. I like dark bars. Yeah, very, very cozy. Cozy. Very dark. Great for yeah. a nightcap. It's also got a good outdoor area on the... For summer, I think, but I've never been in the summer. And then there's a there's a place directly above that that's pretty cool too, kind which of, is cool. It's for, a wine bar, if I'm not mistaken, or above it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think I like dark darkish sort of bars, you know, where you can go talk and do all that kind of stuff, do all those dealings. And sounds like a sounds like a dope day though. Kind of show up at Nicolini's, have a good dinner. Maybe. Yeah, you go for a walk too. You know, you've got all that. You know. Good walk on the beach. Fresh air, fresh air, all that kind of stuff. Who doesn't like the beach? Who doesn't like nature? Who doesn't you like know? Italian food? Who doesn't like Italian food? And some yeah. good whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, that's what about, you, what about you? Ah, man. Have, have you eaten that much here? Uh, I have. I've, I've gone to a number of places. Obviously, not as many as I would like to, but I've tried to, like, you know. Charlie Noble's is good, too. I want to give them a mention. Okay. If you want, like, I had a steak dinner there. Huh. It's good. One place I've been, I've been a few times is El Culo del Mundo. 
I like I like that you know they have the Latin twist and I Who's like that? it's on uh, Mount Victoria actually. Oh, I've been, that's where old Five Barrows where I used to work. Mm. I haven't been there. Is that good? It is very good. It's definitely it's a uh, it's across the street from Ortega. No, no, I know where it is. I know where it is. Yes, I encourage you to. Really? Yes, very very good. Very good food. Very good vibe. Ambiance is cool. Is Sometimes it? they got live music. Oh really? Yeah. Small, but it's cool. No, no, I know, I know the spot really well. Like I said, yeah. it used to be five boroughs. Uh, I'm more of a dinner and a movie kind of guy. I don't know why, so I would probably like, you know... I think about the, the thing about the movie, though, is you can't, you, you can't talk. Yeah, we can talk Do about you know? the movie afterwards, though. Yeah, but it's like a two-hour two hour thing, you know. I think a movie thing is something like you do later. Later in your relationship, like if it's a girl you've seen well, I mean, for a few times, you go, let's go to a movie because, you know, I wouldn't do it as a first date, definitely not. Maybe not as a first date. I do agree with you. On first date, you kind of like, you want to conversate. You want to like, yeah, that's like why, and, I, and that's why, it's not always the best place for, yeah, for that, like conversation, like a walk, people tend to relax. Yeah. You know? And you relax. Even then, even then, if you meet someone or you're doing that, it's almost like an interview. You don't want to... You don't want to meet someone and feel like an interview. Mm. You know, like a, yes. like a formal interview. That kills everything. Even like uh, doing something like this, if it feels like an interview, it really kills it. You know what would be nice? The museum. Yeah. Depends on the museum, but... To pop up, you're talking about. Uh, Maybe, be... yeah, because you, then you've got topics of conversation, right? Of course. You know, you go about art it. Art museum? Yes. Do you like this museum. art? Do you like this art or do you not? And then why, why not? You tackle it you, together. You kind of like go about it, go each room. Yeah, I have to be careful with the art thing though. I have a lot of opinions. Because <laughs> it's, you know, something I've it's thought like a, about a lot, you know. Pandora's box right there. I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better with, uh, with uh, people, especially people who are new to it. All right, now I'm encouraged. I need, we need to go to the museum together, art museum. Not as a date, but oh, I'm hang out. date. <laughs> Alright, it's a date then. Yeah. Or Mr. Goes. Mr. Goes is a good, cool place. We could do Mr. Goes in the museum. Casual. You know, it's casual. Like, I'd say that to, I'd give that as a recommendation to someone like going maybe on a, on a first date that doesn't want too much pressure. Mr. Goes is personal, per- perfect. Kind of casual vibe. It is. Food's cheap. Food's good. It is as well. Yes. Yeah. I went there with a friend uh, months, months ago. Uh, yeah, we loved it. I loved it. I mean, I can't speak for her, but I, I liked it. It's, it's my go-to when there's people come in town and they're like, do you want to meet up and go for lunch? I'm like, let's go to Mr. Goes. Like, I've taken my brother and, uh, and another occasion, uh, my, my uh, brother's partner. They both loved it. Eh? On Taranaki Street. My parents. Yeah. Dope. I like, now I feel like eating Mr. Goes. Now I feel like pork buns. <laughs> the chicken ones there are like, phenomenal. Perfect, man. All right, I'm going to let you be. I'm going to go get some pork buns on Mr. Goes. Brother, thank you so much hey, for being here. You're thank you for taking Pleasure. out of your time. Pleasure. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. It's tips not included. It's your host, Giovanni, saying goodbye. Till next time, guys.